Hi, this is Danielle Carissa from The Jealous Curator, and this is episode 217 of Art for Your Ear. So I started 2021 with yet another inspiring, hilarious, curse-filled conversation with my friend, New Orleans-based artist Ashley Longshore, and so I'm going to wrap up the year with her too. Yep, this is going to be the last episode of 2021. I'm going to take the rest of the month to be with my family, hunker down into Canadian winter, and recharge for 22. Anyway, back to Ashley. She has been very busy, no surprise, um, after not traveling for quite a while. So we are just going to jump right in from the moment she picked up. And, as usual, if there are kids in the room, maybe they shouldn't hear this episode. There might be the occasional profanity. Ooh, and spoiler alert, I found out where and when she discovered her love for a well-placed swear word. We also talked about making art, (laughs) finding joy in simple places, and we capped things off with Ashley asking me a handful of questions. And yes, I may have blushed once or twice. All right, here we go, jumping in with this wonderful force of nature, Ashley Longshore. Good. How are you? I'm tired. I was just going (laughs) to say, are you tired? I just realizing that I'm the ringmaster of my own three ring circus and it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm having fun, but everything is a blur. Yeah. I was wondering about that. That's one of my questions. Cause it was so like, none of us were allowed to do anything. And then now it's like that things have opened up. You're a, a woman on fire. I don't know what I am, but I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I've never been more grateful for opportunities, you know? So, uh, Anyway, let's jump right into it. Okay. Starting now? (laughs) Should I cut that out? (laughs) No, you don't have to cut out anything. You know how we roll. Yeah, let's just keep all that. Okay. Did you know that you were the first podcast episode of 2021? No. Okay. Yeah, so I thought, well, let's wrap things up with you too. And God, can we just talk about what a fucking bizarre, crazy year. I mean, 2020 could not have been more stressful and, and just laden with fear. And this year has been weirder and more stressful than 2020. I, I, I think, um, I think so too. It was the fatigue of it all. I'm Oh yeah. And I, I like, you know, when I get on these conference calls, I'll do this stuff. I'll be the first one that I'll just be like, are, are y'all fucking exhausted? Like I just, I lay it out at the beginning and I just say, like, it was like 2020, we're all scared for our lives. We're hiding. We're figuring out what, what, our, what, what life is going to be. Are we going to die? Are the people we love going to die? What's going to happen? How do we express this? And now 2021 has been like, okay, there's a vaccine. All right, now, boom, let's go. Let's roll. But, but you have to do this and you have to do that and don't do this and don't do that. And it's just like the, the, the layers, the emotional layers, it's like there are more layers than an onion. Yeah. And I think being a, being a creative person and a person that is, you know, uses my imagination a lot, it has just been unreal. Um, yeah, the, 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 uh, exhaustion that normally gets me high that I love so much because I I love being busy and I love opportunity and I'm a worker and I love that. But I think normal, normal exhaustion, 
layered with this emotional stress, um, my God, you know, it's, it's, uh, I know I'm not the only one that feels it. It certainly is a new way of living, but I'll tell you what I love about it. And this is, this is why I'm so happy we're talking today because I'm just so committed to joy, to finding joy in my life, mm-hmm. creativity. You know, that, that is my word as we embark on this third year of fear and, and the pandemic and this new world that we're all living in. Um, and, and, and how fast, you know, the digital world is changing. It's, it's, we're actually living in a very incredible time and there's a lot to think about, a lot to sponge, but, um, well, I was yeah. just going to ask you that. Do you like, do you watch the news? Do you overwatch the news? Do you No, No, I don't, I don't overwatch it. I, I, I don't, there's, you know, because of all the, the media hype and, and, you know, them capitalizing on fear and all that. Yeah. It's scary enough without all that. And I think, um, like, you know, I follow, um, you know, some great news outlets on, on, on my phone and I get, I, I get what I need. I follow like with the world health organization so I can keep up with what's happening in the pandemic because I can't wait to, to really start traveling internationally again. Um, man, it's, uh, it's, it, it's a crazy time, but I also think it's a remarkable time to be, a creative person. It's a remarkable time to be able to witness how other people are processing what we're going through. You know, it is a renaissance of sorts. Uh, Even when we're looking at NFTs and the way the creative world is opening up and new streams of revenue and, you know, Ethereum and all this madness, like there's even more doors opening for the creative community, which is so exciting. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I've never been more committed to just injecting myself in every direction with what inspires me, elates me, makes me feel good, cry when I'm happy. I just, the joy of creativity, the joy of talking to a friend that I love, the joy of meeting somebody new. For me to be back on the road right now and to be in a room full of people that are like excited to be around art, man, talk about a fucking drug. Yeah, it's no such a drug. And it's not about the money. It's not about art sales. To me, that is so, I've never, I never feel more successful than when I'm in a room full of people that are excited about art. Mm-hmm. And that, sparks a joy in me that, you know, there, there's, there's no, um, nobody, nobody can pay for that or there's no price on that. It's, no, it's, I know. I miss that. I, Cause I haven't gone anywhere in, you know, almost well, a year and a half, almost two years. And that's where I get my, I mean, I find it tiring. I find the traveling part tiring, but then it's so worth it for the meeting those people and just talking about like realizing that your people are out there, you know, I think that's uh, what's kind of getting to me. And I think it was interesting. You said that you um, use your imagination so much. That's why I asked how much news you watch, because I find that like, I don't have a lot of art friends in my town, right? I've got wonderful, great friends, but they're not from the art world. Turns out my imagination is a little bit more bonkers than theirs. And I can create Oh, so many scary scenarios in my oh, head. Uh, I can build Tokyo and Rome <laughs> in my mind in one night. I know. And it's dangerous. Like, 
right now the only place I get my news is from Seth Meyers because I need to be able to laugh yeah. while getting information because otherwise it's like you can't handle it. He's so wonderful. Talk yeah. about a nice human being. He is a really incredible. I know. So cool that you were on there like that. Oh my God. That was just uh, my world's coming together. I was like, and it was just so exciting that an artist was a guest, not just a movie star, but an, an artist was a, on a talk. Like so cool. Um, okay. You've been doing a bazillion things as usual, but I always, I want to do a little recap because you haven't been on in a while. Let's do a little recap of childhood. What you went to school for, because people might not realize that you are totally self-taught and that you went to school for other things. Also recently, I think it was in your stories because I went back to try and find it. You posted, oh, so many gems from your teenage and childhood oh photo albums. God. Oh my God. Well, first of all, just let me say that, you know, I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, Actually, a, a, a beautiful place, incredible um, flora and fauna, um, but extremely conservative. And I think I was born, um, well, kicking and screaming for sure, but anxious, anxious, excited, anxious, optimistic, but intense, passionate, anxious. And, um, you know, I, I didn't fit in at all in, in elementary school or junior high or um, I really didn't find my place until I went to an all girls school my senior year. And I, I met some very dear friends that I still have in my life. And I started to kind of realize that I didn't have to fit into that that mold in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, nothing against Montgomery, you know, just wasn't my jam, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I always felt really different. I, I, you know, like I wanted to be a cheerleader, but then I'm like, do it. Would I really want to be a cheerleader? I, I don't know if I would want to be like, I just, I just, um, I, I didn't know I was an artist back then. Yeah. I didn't know that, that I, I was in theater and lots of, lots of extracurricular stuff. I loved baton by the way girl I could I could twirl a baton like you wouldn't believe um I was in the flag core I mean like you know oh my gosh I know I wore my okay just picture this at, at junior high I wore my headgear to school and was in the flag core all right like if, if that if that paints a picture for you be in headgear, in the flag core, and just ornery, just wide open, hormones <laughs> raging, mad at the world, but like ready for the world, you know. Um, so, so, you know, I really didn't find art until I was about 18 or 19 years old, and my parents were going through a divorce, and I was just like, fuck this, I'm going to try this one day, and I, I just lost time. I, I, I had a little sketchbook, which actually I found I <gasps> and it's little like grateful dead bears and shit. Oh <laughs> um, awesome. But, um, I, uh, 
what what made you try it like did you know other people that painted or did you what like why did you decide I, I think I've just always been very creative and like my mind has always been running 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 building things in my mind and then I, I you know I've done tap and ballet and my god gymnastics the inertia of this body like <laughs> me taking down girls and like diving forward rolls like you've never seen in your life and actually I'm very good at diving forward rolls um <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's just a whole process that we all go through where we try different things and then we find what works for our mind. And yeah. I, I found art and I found uh, an inexplicable joy, really. I found something that I just loved so much. And so I painted and then I was in college in Montana and then I realized. But what were you taking in um, at, at college in Montana? English literature. Yeah. Which when I tell you I don't read books, like I don't read books. <laughs> I, I, why did you take it? Did you just think it sounded well? I just thought, like, well, okay, I was a psych major for a minute and I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, 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 no. These motherfuckers are not just testing me on the info, these motherfuckers are testing me on how I test about the info. <laughs> this is fucked up. I am not going to be a part of this whole scam. This is nuts. Um, I always, I loved like humanities and, and sciences. Like I loved all that stuff so much. Um, but I just loved the art and I know I've told you about this project that I'm working on and I've been writing a lot lately. So, um, the things that I learned then are helping me now, you know, 20 years yeah. later. Yeah. Um, and to be completely real with you, Danielle, it was easy. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. English lit is not that hard to fuck up. <laughs> I know and it's, it's so, uh, it's such a weird time in, in your life too. Cause you are so young and then you're supposed to make this huge decision about what you're going to go and study. And like, chances are you are not going to graduate and come out doing that thing. I didn't know what I wanted to do. No. And and I thought, my God, I mean, like some people are born and they know they want to be a doctor. They know you want want to be a lawyer or they know they want to be a therapist or a nurse or, you know. I was so jealous of those people. I just, I wish that I knew. You're so jealous. I know all the time. Yes. And I've got questions for you later (laughs) about you and your jealousy. Um, Yeah, I think... um, here comes your here comes your psych degree kicking or your uh, one minute in psych, although yeah uh, yeah <laughs> I, I I just yeah I, I mean you know my God what a what an awfully wonderful stage of life to be in yeah to be there and to not know where you're gonna land and to but it's so it neat when things do circle back like you know that this we're not allowed to talk about the project that you're working on but like to have something from 20 years ago circle back and be able to draw from those things like i, I my son is 15 now and starting to freak out a little bit about applying to college cuz he's like i don't know what i want to be and i said well yeah. yeah i said here's the thing your job might not exist yet oh my you god know? that's so true yeah like also, I, my job didn't exist Liberal arts. I mean, that's what I did. I took oceanography. I took astronomy. I took humanities, anthropology, archaeology. I can go to any collector that comes to me now, and no matter what career they're in, I can sling some verbiage, man. <laughs> I know a little bit about about stuff, you know. Yeah. And you I know? think that's great. That's what I told them. College is for. I said, you grow up so much. You know, just point yourself in a direction of something you love. 
and the rest will kind of sort itself out. But it is, it's just so, um, I just think it's so neat that you found art kind of after. So when you're doing your English literature, but you sort of has started dabbling with your Grateful Dead um, oh, <laughs> in 18, So much weed. <laughs> I was out in Montana just smoking that herb. I would skip classes all the time. Me and my roommate would go hiking. I mean, we, we used to have these big keg parties. And I mean, I'm from fucking Alabama. So like for me, a keg party where you just put the keg out in the snow and we're like doing keg stands and running around with big, huge splits. Like, man, it was, it was so great. Making out with boys, shit, making out with girls. Fucking, <laughs> it was the greatest, man. It was the greatest. Headgear was gone. Oh, fuck no. At that point, there was no headgear. No, hell no. I, I was wide open, baby. Wide open. I love the photos. I like who did I say you look like? Um oh do you remember when I said I loved your work in Mystic Pizza? You look <laughs> so much like that girl that was, I forget her name. Anyway, I will find the photo because you look oh, so much like her. The fashion back then. Oh, oh my God, God, it was so good. But while you were doing all this, were you still, so did you have your sketchbook kind of on the go and you would just sort of, were no. you doing anything at all? No? No, when I got to like after, let's see, second freshman year, the <laughs> end of first junior year, um, <laughs> uh, I, I started painting, I, I, I started painting a lot and I, I, I lost myself in it to the point that I'd be like, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not going out tonight. Like mm -hmm. I would, I would, um, you know, smoke weed in my dorm room and I would paint. And then eventually I, I had an apartment. Oh my God. And I had a pet ferret and you just don't even know. Like this ferret reeked. He, it, he his name was Johnson. He lived to be eight. Um, my roommate oh. took him. Yes. He lived a wonderful life. Johnson saw a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> um, but I just started kind of putting myself into this uh just this art vacuum this space that felt really safe and I don't know if you feel that way when you're creating but it's such a little cubby hole I do it's totally feel a, that way it's such a timeout it's so like people ask me if I meditate like no not in the traditional sense of the word when I'm painting I am mentally in another place like my, my hands are moving, but my mind is, it's such a relaxing place to be. If you know what you're creating, if you're trying to figure that out still, then it's the most irritating thing in the world. But, yeah. um, um, you know, when you're in that rhythm, God, it's so magnificent. And I think anybody that's listening and you included, if you've been creating long enough, you know how special it feels when you are in that zone, mm -hmm. like, because when you're not in that zone and you want to be there, I mean, it's truly like having an orgasm, you know, like it's God, it's, it's unlike any feeling in the world. It's different than love, um, different than being high on something. It's like, um, I don't know. Is it godly? Is it, it's like a spiritual, it's like a connectivity to everything in the world. It's, yeah, it's like it feels very spiritual to me. Yeah, you just um, openness that's just like so magnificent. That's why sometimes people are like, "You don't paint your own artwork," and I'm like, 
Are you shitting me? I wouldn't give this up for anything in the world. Making art is my greatest joy. If I am traveling and I go four or five days without, without making art, I feel an anxiety brewing up inside Same. me. I woke up this morning and I was like, <gasps> I felt crippled thinking about my holiday release, thinking about fucking the loss of Virgil Abloh, thinking about how short life is, how I'm running out of time, about how I've got so much I have to do that, oh my God, it's fucking Christmas next week. I haven't bought any fucking presents. Like I've got a plan. I've got like, I feel, I feel this, just this avalanche of thought and worry. And then I'm like, I need to paint. And the minute that I get on my easel, it subsides and I can organize myself. It's, it's mm-hmm. a very strange illness. <laughs> it's, it's exactly how I feel too. Like if I have a few days where I don't, I get very exactly that just sort of irritated and I get down in my studios in our basement. So it's really separated from everybody. Yeah. And it's just like, you can almost feel the exhale. And she's like, oh, okay, there we go. What's wrong? What's, what is so different about us that, that we need that? What is it about creatives? Because, you know, I'm, I'm extremely extroverted, but as extroverted as I am, I'm extremely introverted. Yeah. I have a fear, a, gr- a fear of what's out there. And the only way I can face it is with these shields that I've made, which are, you know, my, my art with my creative thought. It's, um, it's, it's a really strange, wonderful place to be. Mm-hmm. I should, I should throw that in now as, as a standard question in, in all my podcasts so we can get, see if there's like a commonality because so I'm many sure. people I do talk to do say that, you know, that they are, some of them are just hardcore introverts, but you know, there's a lot of people who are really good at promoting their art and getting out there and doing all the things they need to do. Um, but then, yeah, have this, I'm very much like that. People have always thought I was so outgoing and stuff. And it's just like, Oh my God, if I can just like wrap myself <laughs> in this cloak and just be in my studio, I lately I've been in there for eight hours a day and my husband has to remind me that like I have to eat. Oh girl, I ain't never had that problem. Oh, <laughs> this is my favorite. You know, is this when you're like, I think I've been down there for an hour and like six hours have passed. Isn't that marvelous? Favorite. I just and, and I'll tell you what I love more than anything. And maybe it's this, maybe it's this, the <clears throat> being on this planet with all of this energy and all of these people doing all of these things and all the information that we have coming at us. I think it's an impossibility to not feel a little bit like a jellyfish in the riptide, right? Mm. There's something very grounding for me about producing something and having a tangible thing that shows my time. Yeah, yeah. There's something very relaxing about that to me. Like, I did this. This is what I did with my time. Time is our most precious commodity. I made something. I made this. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Like when, Because I made stuff and then quit making stuff and worked in graphic design for years and years and years, but I was a web designer. So my colleagues were making stuff like they'd have this like beautiful book that they printed or whatever, but my stuff just existed in the ether. And I remember just feeling like, I mean, if a server goes down, my whole world, my whole creative output is gone. 
and my hands were never messy. I never had paint on under my nails. And I just, I, I just missed it. Like on a physical level, just missed that feeling. And that's why I started making art again, because I just couldn't not, you know, and I think you're right. Like having that proof or that thing to hold that you made, there's something really um, satisfying about that. It's like making your bed up every morning. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, you have to know too, like when I was younger, I was just so wild. I, I didn't know what I, 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 I knew I didn't want to go marry some guy that just because he had money or I, I knew I, I didn't want to like, I, I, I just knew I wanted to find my own way. I just wanted to find my own way. And there's something that is, there's so much independence in creating art and then figuring out how to put it out there and sell it. You know, it, it, yeah. it's so magical, that process. Um, God, I love it. God damn, I love being an artist. <laughs> I can tell. I, I can tell from every fiber of your being. Um, okay, so you graduate in Montana. Did you go back to Alabama? What did you do? Um, okay. when did I you go left, next? When I left Montana, I went to, oh, I went to Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, Mm-hmm. For yeah. what? Well, there was Dick and also... <laughs> I was going to say, was there a boy? <laughs> there was some D. And then um, also, I just kind of like... Be, being. For, I've always been a very adventurous sort, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. I, me, really? I'm That's surprising to me. No, but I'm, I, I really... Like, I'm very, I'm very adaptable. I love being put in a new situation. And then I'm like, ooh, shit, I got this. I love this. Like, I love that. So like, I, you know, I always, I always wanted to like, go to Montana, go live somewhere else, go yeah. do all the things. So, I mean, talk about two places that could not be any more different. Providence, Rhode Island and Montgomery, Alabama and Missoula, Montana. I mean, that's like the Bermuda Triangle right there <laughs> uh, of the beginning of my life. Um, yeah, I loved it. And I loved uh going to like Brown and being in that whole part of town and going to the art store at RISD and like going to the RISD art fairs and seeing what, what other artists were doing. And culturally, it's just such a, a very, very different place. And then I would take the train to New York City and I'd like walk around and be like, what the fuck? How does this happen? Look at what humans have done. This is amazing. But like, oh my God, those pants are $1,800. <laughs> who has $1,800? Like, you know, um, it, it, uh, it was such a sweet time to like, look at the world and through such like, I don't know, uh, optimistic, innocent. Yes. Innocently optimistic eyes of, wow, I could do that too one day. Um, but I also think too, that was in the beginning of my career when I really built up this, this mental um, thing of like, I tell myself why I can, not why I can't. Yeah, that's amazing because I hear from people now who, you know, are still hard on themselves for being self-taught. And I always say like, why? That takes more gumption than going to school for it. I think. Why does that matter? I don't know, but it stops a lot of people. I don't know. That's why I have you on here to tell people it doesn't matter. Well, 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 for, for, first of all, for, uh, I mean, I'm so worked up by that right now. I can't even see straight. Who are you comparing yourself to? Why does that fucking matter? 
if you're an artist and you're brave enough to put yourself out there creatively and you're sharing that, whether it's your ultimate vision or it's just what you're into that day, don't compare yourself or, 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 or that, that, that you're robbing yourself of just of the joy. This is what I'm talking about. You know, I didn't go to yeah. fucking Harvard. I didn't go to Juilliard. You know, I'm like, I'm working on this massive writing project. I mean, I, I, I never even really read a book when I was in English lit school. <laughs> Look, instinct, human beings, we have instincts. And some people just, they go on their instinct. Now, if I wanted to become a photorealistic artist and that was my dream, I got to go to school for that, man. I got to go to school for that. Very few people, I think, automatically have the foresight to know all of that process and technique to do that. Or maybe they can teach themselves. And it may take a lifetime, you know, but like if, if that is your goal and you need schooling for that, then that's understandable. But to judge yourself and what you're creating just because you don't think you're as good as somebody else. Well, you're just you're, you're going to fuck it all up. You, you, you got to get over yourself. You got, you, you got to get over that. You're wonderful. You're marvelous. You've got this. You need to tell yourself that. And then if you want to go to school, fucking go to school. Shit. See, this is why I riled you all up. Cause that was a perfect answer. But you can't rob yourself of the immediate joy of what you're doing on that day. Even though it may not be perfect, even though there may be a shit storm, even though people could be criticizing you. You know, you, you, ha you have to be true to yourself, yeah. you know, and know that you're doing the best you can. You want to do better, do better. Yeah. You want to learn more, learn more. Okay. It's as easy as that. The beating yourself up is, that's just going to fuck you up. Amen. Um, okay. Let's talk about all. Okay. So last I left you on January 1st. 2021 you said that you were doing a residency this year later this year which you have now finished yes in beverly hills how uh, was it it was it was marvelous it was it was wonderful and i've always wanted to do that and it came to me at the right time because obviously the world had been shut down yeah. and what's a, what's a better way to go out there and see people excited to like travel again and be in a beautiful hotel with an incredible team of people that I think are all psychic because they just bring you what you need before you even say it. Um, it was really nice to be reflective about the little moments of traveling and the things that I had missed so much in 2020. Yeah. Um, so that was really, really nice. Also, I mean, the history of me with that hotel, I had some, still have some very dear friends that are in the film industry and they were filming a movie in New Orleans and I'd met them, God, I guess 16 years ago now, wow. 16 fucking years ago. Yeah. And, um, uh, they, so, so they wrapped the movie and it's actually how I initially met Selma Hayek and, and had, had worked with her briefly. Um, what an, what a remarkable woman she is. Um, and so then they, they went back out to LA and they're like, Ashley, come out here, come out here. So I went out there. I mean, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. All right. So I get out there and they're like, we're going to go have tea at the Beverly Hills Peninsula. And I'm like, Oh shit. 
and we get there and there were celebrities out there and all the cars were so shiny and the sun was so bright and and the tea was so there was a harpist you know and like I had taken the little linen napkin that they put on my plate and it was their traditional like peninsula the, the green and it had the beautiful little you know lace edges and um and I saved it and it it was just so crazy that then now I got this opportunity to be their artist in residence at a time in my career where I just clearly remember sitting there only 16 years ago, by the way, just wondering how does anybody fucking make it and get to the point that they're in Beverly Hills? Like, how do you do this? How do you do this? And I think if we're just talking about being an artist and we're talking about instincts and we're talking about success and the life that you want to have, um, I, I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't intrigued by that money and glamour and Hollywood and fame and mm-hmm. all of these things that you see. And, you know, when you're younger, these, these lights, they shine so bright, you know, and then you work, you work really hard. The harder you work, the luckier you get. And I think now at this point in my career, you do realize that like money and, and fame, these are things that, you know, they never really fulfill you. You can never have enough of either one of those things. This is why joy again is like, is like my word, like the, the, the joy of just like sitting in that beautiful bar, having a glass of champagne with my friend, observing what's going on around me, going into this, you know, gorgeous suite. And then, painting these still lives and trying to capture these little moments that people have this, the time, the time that we have, that is our most precious commodity, things that make us happy, the moments that make us happy Mm. more than just the stuff. Um, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, such a full circle. Very cool. Mm And I, I think too, before this pandemic, um, you know, the, the, the track that I, that I was so, you know, a racehorse with blinders on looking at was like bigger, bigger, go, 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 bigger, bigger, go, go, go. And when everything stopped and I had a chance to reflect and go, shit, wor- that's what I had worked so hard for was, you know, to get the ink, to get the paper why am I tired? Why do I not feel fulfilled right now? Mm. Um, and I think this is also just the process of being a human being and being an artist. Um, and then of course this writing project that I'm working on has really driven me to go so much deeper into characters and thought. And it's changed the way I'm thinking about my artwork now. Mm. It's, I've always felt this comfort in being a pop artist in painting these things and images that I'm familiar with. They make me feel comfortable, you know, combined with all my audacious sayings and my shit that gets me in trouble constantly. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but you know, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, but um, I feel myself changing in a really good way. I feel a calmness inside of me. Um, but, but I also think this is cyclical because I, I think when you're talking about success 
and what you want in an art career. You got to be able to buy your canvas. You got to be able to, to pay for a studio or your home. You got to be able to put food in your mouth. Those are those are just basic things that you got to be able to do. I think as you as you as you celebrate that and as you become more successful, because that is a huge success to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I know we've talked about this before me getting to a point in my career where I could pay my rent, where I could buy my canvas, where I could go eat sushi. Fuck success. You know, when I get to the point where I'm, you know, texting with movie stars and having huge opportunities to do grand things, you know, success. Okay. But like, if, if I'm not happy, if I'm not feeling fulfilled, if I'm not enjoying that moment um what the fuck is all this about anyway you know mm-hmm. i just i'm i'm grateful for the opportunity of reflection and growth in the last two years and i'm excited to continue to work my ass off but also uh to not move slower but just to take a little bit more time and and absorb things in a different way to look at them differently which is our job as artists Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that it also comes with age right like the more you get to know yourself and the more experiences you have and um and then yeah this pandemic has been good for this sort of like having to stop and really think and you know be grateful for what the good things and to think about what's important like my work has changed hugely in the last year and I think that was partly I just finally gave myself the time right to do stuff and to commodity yeah and like to 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 think it's done and then go I don't think that is done and then take it all apart and start again and and not be stressed about that just to give myself this time and place and um it's been like oh I don't know. I've just never done that. I'm 48 years old. I've never, I've always felt like, go, 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 go. And, um, this, this was just like, Oh, well, that was pretty nice. Um, and now I feel like I'm going fast again because I actually now have a point of view. I now have this visual vocabulary that I've built up. Now I'm just like making pieces so quickly because I've finally got you know how you were saying, like, you get into that wonderful zone? Yeah, girl. But when you're trying to find the zone, oh, you just are, say, ramming your head oh, yeah. into a wall. So yeah. I rammed my head into the wall. Oh, <laughs> now yeah. Now I feel like I'm like, let's do Oh, this that thing. is such a high. That is yeah. like, I'm telling you, that is better than any dick or drug you will ever <laughs> in your whole fucking life. That, that high is so great. It is. Um, it is so great. But, you know, that, that residency was... It, it just was so awesome to be able to sit there and be still and observe in this right. place where people are moving and coming and going. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, did you go, cause you would, um, cause you didn't want to be away from home for months and months and months. So you would go for a chunk, come back, go for a chunk. So before yeah. you left, did you have a plan for you? Were you like, I'm going to do still life or did you have, what did you think you were going to do when you got there? You know, I'm such a planner, but I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to hmm. get there see what happens. And, uh, I mean, I love still life. And then I, I did this whole, you know, they're amazing tea. And I was thinking, yes, the t- yeah, the tea who, who are my dream ladies that I would love to sit here and have tea with, you know? <laughs> and so, so when you did that, cause those are cutouts, right? The tea mm-hmm. pots are cutouts. So when you decide that you're going to do that, did, were you able to get someone in LA, like somebody would just go and cut you teapots or how did you, or no, did you go I, home and I, get those or? 
I, the first time I was there, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I have this um, incredible uh, carpenter that I work with. And I was like, I need some teapots. Here's the shapes that I love. I need teapots. So then we, we got them and then shipped them. And okay. Yeah, I had easels and bins, and every time I got there, we I took my team out. We would set up my studio because I moved around the property and stayed in, you know. Okay. Well, because they they also they have like royalty and stuff. Yeah, they've got guests who might need. Uh, We have some guests that are not leaving for the next month, and I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome. So where are you putting me? And um, oh my God, such an incredible team of people, such a beautiful iconic property. And then Um, how was the final? that because I so yeah I so badly wanted to go to that and um travel here just is still kind of creeping along with the whole Canada U.S. thing but I will I will show up at one of your events one day I swear but um how was the final thing it was magnificent and also it made me really sad you know yeah I uh and, and this isn't one of my new things you know my new way of thinking or that I'm trying to do is really enjoying all of those moments instead of it just being like, Oh, on to the next, on to the next, right. on to the next. Um, because I'd had a huge show the month before in San Francisco right, and yeah. like, shit, man. Like I, I don't want everything to just be this big, huge blur. So mm-hmm. building the amazing relationships that I built there and, um, you know, working as hard as I did on that collection and then being there in the room with everyone and people that came in, um, and LA is so great and zany and wild and weird. And it's a very interesting place to have an art show. Um, there's very interesting, unique, creative people in Los Angeles. Yeah. And you know, a lot of them. <laughs> I, do, I do know quite a few of them and I met some new ones. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was really great, but also it made me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I could kind of sense that because it looked, it looked really, really fun. And it was, um, yeah. Um, okay. So what was I going to ask you next? Um, oh, the wizard of Oz paintings, those kind of happened in the middle of last time I talked to you and now, but those weren't part of the peninsula show. Oh yeah. Some of them. Okay. Oh yeah. Dorothy made it in there for a few. I saw the one with the Beverly Hills sign behind her. Yeah. So where, where did the idea for the Wizard of Oz pieces come from? Was that your favorite movie growing up or what, what's the the thought there? I loved it, but I just started thinking about this new world that we live in and I started thinking about it being Oz. Mm. Oz has everything, right, man? It's shiny, yellow brick roads, big, huge buildings, crazy people you'd never imagine, witches, flying things that'll (laughs) snatch your hair out. I mean, you know, like, it's got everything that you could ever imagine, and I love that. But also, there ain't no place like home. There's no place like home. So, I mean, like, I had this idea, and then I painted the astronauts with the Dorothy slippers, and um, and then, you know, Dorothy with disco balls, because, you know, I just was ready to party. And again, you know, my comfort zone in um, using imagery that I'm familiar with is, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it feels feels safe to me, which I'm very aware of the fact that I need to, to break out of that a little bit. So I'm working mm-hmm. on that. Um, but yeah, I, I love that series. I yeah, love it. me too. It's so nostalgic. And like, that was one of the first movies I watched. I was five and I watched it at Christmas and I was 
terrified of the flying monkeys. Yeah. And all the people, it was all grownups and me watching this and they're like thinking how cute it is that they're showing me this movie. Meanwhile, I go to bed that night. I was like, Jesus, like just terrified of these monkeys and that green witch. And, um, but I have so many memories. Childhood movies are terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. They're, they're, they're all very. Her mom, his mom gets shot in the first, like, yeah. Oh my God. I, w- I was on a plane the other day and I watched the, you know, Snow White. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. Um, isn't that funny? Um, well, I've got a, so maybe it's too soon to ask. We'll have to have you back on again. But um, when you're saying like, you know, these, these pop images sort of make you feel comfortable because, you know, you know them and whatever. Um have you figured out where you're pushing yourself yet? Or are you still playing around with that? I mean, I'm playing around with it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think think no matter what part of your journey you're on as an artist, whether you are 17 years old and you're realizing that you love to create or you're 25 and you found something that you really love and now you want it to be a business as well as like, you know, your heart and your soul. I mean, this is always about self-awareness and growth, always about self-awareness and growth. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you know what it was that kind of made you, did you, was it this writing project that made you think, oh, I've got to push myself this, this. project has really fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, uh, I think it was, I think his name is Philip North said, uh, Digging ditches is hard. Uh, no, digging ditches is hard work. Uh, writing is a nightmare. Something like that. <laughs> um, I feel the same way. I love it. And I feel uh, like what you said at the beginning, like I, I, I've, I'm on my seventh book now. I didn't go to school for writing, um, but I love it. And it happens and it comes out of me. But um, yeah, the aha moments that you have when you have to think long and hard enough to be able to articulate it in other words to explain it to someone else like you really have to go places i mean our languages are just a code to to understanding our thought so just like you know uh being a painter or sculptor or a poet or anything else it's like we're just trying to explain ourselves yeah and hence the subjectivity of what we're doing and people relating their own lives and existence into things. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a code. It's actually quite complicated. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I guess you've sort of been having some aha moments through that. Just so interesting. Yeah. And well, you know, in my, in my uh, latest series that I did still happy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, where I'm comparing something like, uh, you know, they are on a yacht in Italy, you know, I'm, watching squirrels, drinking a beer, watching squirrels fuck on my front porch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, still happy, you know, uh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are on a rocket, you know, to space. I'm over here drinking champagne, waiting for my edible to kick in. Yeah. Still happy, you know. Um, but I think this writing project has kind of pushed me to, to think more, to think more about the why and the how and the... Mm. Um, and it's important to go deeper. And I think the world and how the world has opened up and we have so much more information. It's, it's good to have understanding. It's good to listen. It's good to reflect and it's good to change and evolve. Um, 
So that, so that again, not to beat a dead horse, but so that you can find this joy in every day, whether yeah. you're achieving your goals or you're failing. I mean, that's just all fucking part of it, man. You know? Um, yeah. Yes. Um, speaking of joy, <clears throat> your inspiring women, is that what it's called? Your, uh, um, your DVF collection of all the amazing women. What's that series yeah. called? Roar. Oh, it's called Roar? Oh, and so the, yeah. Oh my God, I didn't even have that on my list. So the book has just come out. Yeah, the, yeah, the book is out, girl. The book oh is my out. God. And so, okay, I wanted to know, because that collection, so it's at um, the flagship in New York. Yes. Is it there forever? I, 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 we are, it is going to be going across the mighty ocean. Oh. Um, and all of those things are coming together because oh. I don't, I just don't want to bust it up. And I think it's so powerful when you see all it of it. It is. Um, I'm adding more women. Um, that was my other question. Cause I, every now and then I'll see a new one and I'm like, Oh, I think like, it's just like this ongoing thing. And I was wondering where the ongoing pieces were going. I, life. I just want to, I want it to be, I mean, you know, one day when I have like a, a thing, like the Frick, you know, and I, I, I want a whole floor to just be nothing but these incredible women. And it's not about me at all. It's about this energy of resilience and facing obstacles, being misunderstood, never giving up on yourself, authenticity, you know, all of these things that, um, that, 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 that you see in people that, that inspire us, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's so I, there's so many incredible women. I, I could do nothing but paint women. And I, I haven't even, I mean, you know, it's I just know. an infinite amount of remarkable women yeah. and men too, you know, but we're talking about women right now. Yeah. Because, you know, they need a spotlight that they, they're, they've been in the background for so long. Like that's, I've just loved that over the last couple of years too. There's just been this like surge of women just, you know, that have always been there, but now suddenly like people are paying attention. It's very, very satisfying to, awesome. to be part of. Yeah. Um, okay. There's the question I was going to ask you that you're not allowed to talk about yet. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I want to know what is this glacial, eternal, unbelievable, magnificent, wonderful, artful thing that is so grand that I've literally been working on for fucking five years. Yeah. <laughs> The most challenging, most unreal, biggest learning experience of my fucking life thing that I can't wait to fucking tell you about. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm sure my bush will be completely silver by the time. But it, it is going along swimmingly, which is very exciting. Yeah, we also had a pandemic get thrown into the middle of it all, which wasn't great. But okay, well, we'll we'll have you back on when when it's happening okay so i want to know what is on your easel right now what what or do you even have, well of course you have time to paint because that's how you breathe um but what what are you doing right now i'm 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 i'm, I'm working on two pieces that are familiar figures that anyone in the art world would be familiar with for sure but i'm just trying to loosen up and reimagine them hmm. so i'm in the middle of um I'm in the middle of that. I mean, I, I felt that I came to an end of my still happy series and you know how that happens. It's really yeah. yep. like, it's like being on an interstate 
that then turns into like a four lane highway that then turns into a two lane road that then turns into like a beautiful gravel road and then and then you come up to like a pasture and it's like okay we're done down this road it's, it's very interesting the inertia that happens within a series yeah and when that it's done um and it's sad but it's also like great so um I finished that and I've been on the road and I've been getting ready for my, for my holiday uh, release. Um, and, um, which is just mayhem, absolute fucking mayhem. <laughs> Glorious, wonderful mayhem um, during a pandemic and all of that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of starting something new right now and we'll see, we'll see what happens. I've also been seeing out with lots of uh, different artists, um, I've been in New York a lot. I actually got a place in New York City. And I've been able to hang out with a lot more of my like hyper creative friends. And something that I've never done is really just like waited, like like created an entire series and then waited. I've done it a little bit, but I've never really held anything just for me. Mm. And then decided to, to release it. I don't know if I can. But I don't know. You, you can't. I. That is exactly what I have done this last year because I was working with Peta Coin, sort of as um. She doesn't like the word mentor, but I. I. I don't know any other word because she's just so freaking awesome and she's, has been guiding me really. And she. That's what she said. She said, hold on to something. Hold it. She said it infuses it with power, and then release it when the thing is. You know. And I was like, oh, I don't. Uh, I really like Instagram. Like I'm gonna need to show people stuff like right away. <laughs> she's like. I challenge you to, you know, so she said, do like, I was still doing collages. I was still doing that, but this, this sculptural work, she's like, hold on to it. And it has been a life changer. Yeah. I, I'm trying. I mean, like, it's really exciting to have done the things that I've done and to be in a place right now to be like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do shit differently for a minute. I'm just going to fucking see what happens here. You know? Yeah. And you, and you can always still have like the work that you're, you can have your smalls, you can do, you know, you can still be doing that. But if you're working on something that nobody knows about, it's so cool. It's like, I don't know. It felt like my little secret thing. I'd go down into my studio and it was just like, nobody had seen it. Like, except my family. <laughs> and, uh, and it would change and it would flux and I would, you know, I would, I'd have a eureka moment as I was falling asleep and get up and go back down there and do some other stuff. And you, it was really cool. You ever watch Saturday Night Live and Kristen, yeah. where she's like the aunt that's like, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> that's, exactly. that, that's my problem. Is it like, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm like, oh, I've got a show. I just have to. Well, that's what, that's how I am too. Like I'm such a sharer. Like when Instagram came along, my husband was like, oh my God, this was built for you because I'm like, here's another thing. I got to show you guys this stuff. Um, but that's why PETA, like she basically dared me to try and keep something quiet. And, um, are you daring me? Yeah, I am daring you. Scary, isn't it? (laughs) so weird I know it's very (laughs) counterintuitive to people like us you know and it's like and I get my energy from other people right so I was like how am I going to do this in a vacuum that's so weird um but I've really gone into that meditative thing like I'll making I've made over 2,000 clay cigarettes now and just rolling those and making those just like 
quietly and thinking as I do it. And, you know, sometimes I have a little cry about random things, you know, um, and then other times I'm like, got Netflix on and yeah, I'm solving crimes on with um, Bill Curtis on Cold Case Files. I cannot have the TV on when I'm, when I'm creating. Really? I do not drink, do drugs, or have television on at all when I'm creating. Do you have music on? Oh yeah, always. And podcasts. Okay. Oh, you can listen to a podcast. See, I don't actually watch the TV. I usually put on things that I've heard a bazillion times. Uh, Like I love the movie Booksmart. Have you seen that movie with two girls? So funny. And I've had it on in the background probably 70 times. So I just hear it and I keep on going. And and sometimes I just completely tune it out. So I like familiar things that I can tune out. Pardon? That Beanie? Yeah. Yeah. She's about to be the lead in the new funny girl on Broadway. I know. Uh, she, she's um, actually freaked out because she follows me on Instagram. Really? <laughs> I'm so excited and I need to watch uh, her portrayal of Monica Lewinsky and I'm like, oh my God, let me go to her Insta and it said follow back and I'm like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Did you see her on Seth when she was talking about how when she was three, she had a funny girl themed birthday. No. Yes. She, cause she would watch it with her mom when she was like, you know, just shy of three. And so it was her birthday was coming up and she said, I want a funny girl themed party. So she said, my mom did it. All these kids came. The kids had no idea what the theme was, but she's like, I knew. And I love, and then now to play like, isn't that incredible? So incredible. Like there's yeah. a full circle moment for you. Jeez. So nice. Anyway celebrate people that are inspiring us and being creative. And I mean, for example, you know, the loss of someone like Virgil Abloh who did so much in 41 years, who so inspiring, who broke boundaries and none of us knew, you know, that he was sick. Um, God, what a, what a loss. What a loss. Maybe if anyone was considering investing in one of his collections, um, it just shows the power of uh, the immediate, the necessary immediacy of loving and supporting creative people that like you love that inspire you. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, I know there's so many artists that, uh, cause I'm, I'm, I'm in your newsletter. Oh yes. Thank I you. First thing I read every fucking morning. And I'm, I'm about to purchase a painting from that amazing uh, Bosnian artist. I knew. Uh, yeah. Every time I put my newsletter together, I'm like, oh, I bet Ash is going to like this. Oh, one. yeah. <laughs> All a, th- a thank you. And my accountant thanks you as well as my CPA. Um, no, I, I, I don't even see collecting art as spending. I see it as investing. Yeah. But God, to be able to like know the artists that you love, to be able to be friends with them, even if it's a matter of just DMing or uh, loving what they're posting or I I don't know, like this little spark of life that we have in us, people that are willing to share that spark and put it out there. I mean, it's just, it's just so important to show love, man, just show, show show some love, you know? That's what I, I, that's why I love my Instagram community. I love this podcast because, you know, I have become friends with so many, like we've only ever known each other through this podcast. That's so weird. I know. Um, Trey Spiegel, my friend Trey is very jealous because um, you 
well, I think this is now your fifth or sixth time on here. And he's trying to catch up to you. He's done four episodes. So he's like, last time he was on, he's like, how many times has Ashley Longshore been on? I'm like, ooh, she's still beating you. And he's, he, he wants the uh, SNL five-timer jacket, you know? And I said, I'm sorry, she's already got it. And it's covered in glitz and, and tinsel. Didn't have us on here together. He's my That's mixer. what I said. <laughs> tell you the first time that I met him was, okay, this is forever ago. This must be... 17 years ago, 16 years ago, it was when I did this collaboration with anthropology and they had sent me over to Portugal and I hand painted all these little bowls. This is when I was learning about like manufacturing and how all this, the big business stuff works. And, um, Trey had done something for them as well. And I had on these crazy purple platform shoes and I was in New York city and they just opened up the new anthro in, um, in, in, uh, in, in meatpacking or the, oh, yeah. I, yeah. And so this was their big opening party. And I'm like, it was like Kelly, Kelly Ben Simone was there from the real housewives. And I was like, Oh my God. And I done this chair for them. And then I'm like, Oh my God. And Wendy Wurzberger, who was their head uh, creative director at the time, she was like, Oh, Ashley, you need to meet Trey. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm so excited to meet you. And he was like, Oh yeah. Is this your first time at one of these things? And I'm like, yes. And he was like, oh. you know, like he, he was so sweet and endearing, but I could tell that like, you know, he'd been like, my God, he did this stuff with fucking Michelle, with Stella McCartney and yeah, yeah. Obama. Like he, he's an incredible, my friends, the Novogratz collect his work. Like he's just, um, he's, he's magnificent. You should have a son here together. Okay. I wouldn't get a word in edgewise between the two of you. It would be hilarious and awesome. He's become a really good friend. Nude. What? Let's do it nude. <laughs> oh my God. I'm he- Naked right now. Your listeners don't know this, but I did. I'm completely naked. I only do podcasts naked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite a sight, everybody. I have a few questions for you. Oh God. Okay, we're doing that. Okay, so I, yeah, you guys. Instead of doing a not so speaky speed round, I said to Ashley, "You, I'll make some questions for you. You make some questions for me." I I I didn't categorize, so I don't know what you've got. Okay, let's hear it. Orgasms or artgasms? Ooh. Come on, Danielle. I'll go with artgasms. <laughs> <laughs> Same, I think. Yeah. Honestly, there's not a wrong answer, but you can you could have said both. Oh. No fucking rules, Danielle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, describe the feeling you have when you have a great idea for a collection. Oh, well, this is weird. I, I get these weird prickles on my cheeks. Really? Yeah. It's like a, like a little, like, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like it doesn't hurt. It's almost like a sunburn. I get this weird, like tingling on my cheeks and like, just sort of like this rush of, (gasps) and then I have to do it like immediately. That's an orgasm, Danielle. Well, there you go. I've been uh, having quite a few of them lately. Good for you, girl. Multi. Yeah. Woo! Get it. <laughs> Get it. Multi-orgasmic. Okay, what gets you high and wild like a, like a wet Jack Russell terrier about art and the art world? Um, you know what's weird? Matchmaking. 
You're damn good at it. I love matchmaking. I love it when I write about somebody and then a gallery saw them in my newsletter or on my Instagram and then picks them up and then crazy shit happens for them. Or, or when I write about somebody and I find out that you bought one of their pieces, um, like, um, Celine Gabrielle, like I'm obsessed with her, you know, and she, and she like to make that match, Mm -hmm. um, makes me see, I'm just getting the little tinglys again. Like it makes me so excited and happy and proud. And sometimes I feel like I'm more excited than the artist. I I don't know. I feel like a magician when that happens. Gift. That's such a gift to be a connector. It, it really, really is. And you, I mean, you are so artfully, magnificently, unbelievably, undeniably so gifted at that. And um, it makes people happy, man. It makes people really happy. And I think that's what it is. I think, you know, well, you, you kind of know my story with art school and stuff and like just what a horrible time I had and that I quit for all those years because that stupid teacher told me I sucked and I unfortunately eventually believed him. And um for me, when I started Jealous Curator and everything, I wanted the joy back. I wanted to feel like I did when I was a kid, when I just made stuff because joy. I couldn't not. Joy, 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 joy. Yeah, exactly. I, and I wanted that back. I missed it. You want to have fun. You yeah. Wanna- and that was so bashed out of me. Like all the fun was gone and it took a really long time to find my way back to it. And um Um, So that's the other thing that I love now is like allowing myself to be an artist too. Like for a long time, I was just the jealous curator and I would dip my toe in here and there, but I didn't show anybody anything I was doing. Um, It really wasn't until about 2015, 2016 that I was like, fuck it. Like I, I need, I can't not make and share, you know, I'm such a sharer that, um, but it was scary because I was really worried that people. Jealous Curator's Taste was here and Danielle Chris's art. I was really scared to blend those two worlds. And um, that fear was completely unfounded, right? Yeah, completely. But, you know, you, you, you get told something enough times, you know, and then you start to tell yourself that thing over and over and over till it becomes a belief, um, which is a really hard, like the sky is blue. I, I truly believe that. I also truly believed I couldn't be an artist and finding my way out of that has been a really long process. And now I'm at a place where I have work that I love to my core and I cannot wait to show everybody. I've got a big show coming up in March and I can't wait to show everyone. Ooh, in March. Yeah, I can't. yeah. Okay. So tell me this. So you made that whole transition into putting yourself out there. Uh, what is your, cause I know how I, my brain works to get myself pumped up to put, to put myself back out there. What, what are you telling yourself to get yourself in that mindset to say, fuck it, I'm just going to do this. Uh, did your thought patterns change. What, what, what was that inner monologue that got you there? I think it was partly the exhaustion of worrying so much about what other people thought and just being like, I, I don't care. I, I don't know if, again, like it's, I always call it my fuck it 40s. Like as soon as I hit 40, I was just like, I don't care. I have to do the things that I want to do. Um, and um, I, I also had a lot of beliefs that like I couldn't, I couldn't work in 3D. 
I don't know why. I was always told I was more of a 2D person when I was in art school and stuff. And so I just believed that I couldn't use clay and that resin was scary and all these things. And it's just like this year, I have just bought the stuff and mixed up the resin and played with the clay. And I've done some experiments with this like weird, I forget what it's called, some paper mache thing. Didn't work. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not a failure but that didn't work for me. But the clay works for me. The resin works for me. And with every little step, it's like I get more confidence to be like, well, the clay and the resin worked. Maybe I'll go try this. And uh, I, I've just sort of been set, set loose a little bit. And uh, I love it. Good for you. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like I'm finally myself. Um, okay. What's your favorite expletive? I really like I really like punctuating something with motherfucker. Very nice. Yeah. Very. And you know what's so funny? Because I rarely swear on this podcast except when you're on. And at home, I I I when my kid's not around, I swear like a sailor. And then on here, I rarely do. And then people write me afterwards and they're like, I love it when you swear. They're like, it sounds hilarious. I'm like, well, you should come to my kitchen because that's all there is. <laughs> You know, I, I learned um, cursing from from riding in the car with my mother. Really? And when I was in kindergarten, um, it was my day to put a record on. Have I told you this story before? Like, it was like, I, I was five years old. I don't old. think so. Everybody had to bring their own record, their favorite record. And I took in the Muppet movie record. Okay. Well, when it, my, my mother, my mother's a very impassioned, um, hot-blooded driver and she had unleashed a string of expletives that were incredible that morning and I just love the way it sounded right so I get to school um and I go to put my little record on and the needle had broken on the record player and everybody was sitting in a circle because it was my turn to share like rainbow connection and I was like son of a bitch motherfucker I am so pissed off right now and the teacher was like, oh, and the other kids were like, oh, and I was like, yes, <laughs> I loved it. And then in first grade, and of course, you know, I got the, you know, they called my mother and everything. And then in first grade, I had my phonics paper and I'd been in my dad's office and uh, he had had this little business card that said, have a nice day, asshole. And I, I wasn't very patient with my writing. I'm still not. Like, I have I'm really messy writing. I go between cursive and everything. And blah. And so I was just so irritated that we had to do phonics again. So I wrote, have a nice day, asshole, in my very best <laughs> writing on my phonics papers. And my teacher, Miss Smith, she's dead now. God rest her soul. Um, I retired her. She retired after that. She called a conference. My mother was like seven months pregnant with my sister. My dad thought it was hilarious. My mom is like sobbing. So, I mean, profanity is just a part of my life. I, I just, I just love it. I think it's just, I think that's so funny. Like I'm so surprised that your mom dropped those bombs because I always had pictured her as like the cotillion lady. Cause she wanted you to be like wearing your bonnet and, and, you know, going to cotillions. What's she doing dropping all those uh-huh ain't that something yeah uh-huh. 
Interesting. All, all those gals that you think are just so sweet and ladylike, there you gotta only know what they're up to. Exactly. That's that's the ones you really gotta look out for. You know, people <laughs> like their shit don't stink. That's the ones right there. That's the ones you gotta really keep your fucking eye on. Oh my god, that's so funny. Little Muppet movie swear bomb. I love it. I know. Um, okay, well, I have a couple questions for you. Okay. Um. Did you have an autograph book when you were a kid? Remember those little? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when you dropped all those kid and teen photos the other day, there were so many photos with celebrities. Oh, yeah. How did you manage that? So my father had an advertising company and he uh, placed automotive advertising for the program for the American Music Awards that year. Uh, we were able to go to the American Music Awards. And I was in the seventh grade, had no boobs, like looked like a little, I had a little taffeta dress on, had not started my period yet. I think I still had my monogram on my underwear, a little island like underwear. I had my, I had a bow in my hair and I'm like going to this after party and it's fucking like Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Oh my God. All the Corys. I got to meet fucking LL Cool J. That's where I learned how to like, you know, and, uh, yeah, of course I had uh, Alan Fawcett from putting on the hits was there. Marilyn Magoo, Jody Watley, the beach boys. Um, Fucking Patrick Swayze. I mean, it was like, oh, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. But yes, and it was so funny because that night I walked up to David Lee Roth and I'm like, listen, I need your autograph. <laughs> and you know, he was so hot back in the day. But also, I was like, I didn't really know that he was hot. I thought Corey Haim was hot. Right. <laughs> um, yes, I don't know where that little book is. It's somewhere. That's it's somewhere. so funny. Yeah. I, I, I remember I had one too, but I lived in such a tiny little Canadian town. You never saw anybody. I got Mickey Mouse to sign it when we went to Disneyland. So yeah. That was about I, as cool as I got. I didn't really give a rat's ass about all those Disney characters. No, I would have been, I, I would have been down with the celebs too. I wonder, um, was that your first run in with celebrities at 12? Like at that event? I, I, well, I, you know, I was in theater and we did this thing. There's this beautiful area called Jasmine Hill right outside of Wetumpka and Montgomery. And, uh, I always did these like plays and, uh, Whoopi Goldberg was in Montgomery and she was filming something. It was like a, um, a little documentary about jazz. And it just so happened that she, she came by one night and said hello to everybody. And this guy who owned a McDonald's brought everybody cheeseburgers and I like I was like I'm taking two of these cheeseburgers. Whoopi Goldberg is coming. This is like the biggest night ever. And um, yeah, so like that I remember. I, my first like celebrity crush was Barry Manilow. I loved him. I loved him so much. When I was four, I stole twenty dollars out of my mom's wallet, and I I was advanced. I could write and shit. You know, not great, but enough and I, I'd gotten an envelope and I'd ripped this thing out of a magazine to join this fan club and it, oh it never because I didn't know about the whole stamp thing <laughs> um, but I was I oh, my first love was a gay man I mean <laughs> it's and it's it's just ah oh, still still my greatest loves are gay men oh 
Um, yeah, Barry Manilow. Oh, oh God. That's so the first concert I went to in third grade. And I was just like, oh my God, I love him so much. And he had a special on TV one night. My family and I were on a beach trip and I'd been out on, out on the deck and there was one of the sliding glass doors and my mom had shut it. And I turned around and I saw Barry Manilow and boom, I broke my nose. I had blood. And I was like, no, 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 let me see Barry. Let me see Barry. Like, oh, I just, oh, I love him so much. I, I just, oh my God, so funny. <laughs> we'll see, maybe that's where you're, you know, you were destined to work with, uh, with Hollywood at that stage. You're breaking your nose for Barry or. I don't know. I don't know, I love it. You know, I don't know. We're all fucking stardust. We all just do the best that we can and we put ourselves out there and we all have a destiny. So, yeah, no, but I just, I mean, I growing up in a small town, like I just, the thought of Hollywood, like I loved it. That that's what I, where I, I, I just couldn't imagine going there. And we went to Disneyland when I was 11 and I saw the Hollywood sign and I was just like, what? And we drove through Beverly Hills and I saw, you know, the sign and I was just like, Oh my God. Like, I just, I've always been enamored with all of that stuff. And so it's so, I've kind of been living vicariously through you, actually. Like, it's so fun to watch. And see, I'm not jealous. I live vicariously now. My jealousy, my jealousy all went away about three months into start. The Jealous Curator started February of 2009. And by that spring, it was gone. Like, so that's, are we changing it to the vicarious? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, somebody, people have always said like, but you're not jealous, you know, you're not jealous anymore. And actually envy is the better word. And I just said, Hey man, business cards are already made. Like, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's been good because people get it. Like my tagline for a long time was damn, I wish I thought of that and people get it. And, uh, so I've just left it alone, but slowly, but surely I'm becoming Danielle Krissa instead of just being the jealous curator. So we'll see where that goes. It's yeah. nice for me to be on your journey as well and to see you evolving and, uh, it's fucking cool, right? Yeah, it's amazing. My my work has changed so much since we first met. And I don't know if you remember, but after the first time we talked, you called me back the next day and said, what are you doing? And I was like, huh? And you said, like, with your artwork, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, well, me, me, me. And you were like, stop it. Like, go do something. And like, that was a huge catalyst for me. I was like, yeah, what am I doing? Just being this like polite Canadian. And it's just like, okay, no, I'm just done. And so you've been a huge inspiration for me just to like do the things that I want to do. And then in the process, you become my friend, which is so cool. Thanks, Queen. That, mean, that means yeah. a lot. I believe in you. And I love what you do for artists and the creative community. And uh, I mean, it's just fucking awesome. You well, know? I can't wait to set, wait till you see my new kids book. Oh, your, your favorite word, your, your, your word is very involved. It might even be a title. Mm -hmm. Oh, because at first I was like, well, is it fuck? No. Yeah. It must <laughs> that be. would fly off the shelves in the kids section. <laughs> it probably would. Kids would be like, I want that one. Uh, no, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm not allowed to say because the title could change or whatever, but uh, yeah, joy is definitely the. Yeah, the don't let you say. Nobody yeah. lets you say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, joy, but joy is the theme of it and you are going to love it. And I will, uh, it's going to take forever for it to come out. It doesn't come out till spring of 23. Yeah. I, it's so hard when these things take a long time for people like us. It's just like, I was like, I, I can have it done for you by Christmas. 
can we put it out February 22? And they're like, yeah, that's not how this works. Oh. No, we, we waited for, um, for my new Rizzoli book roar for that. Uh, I mean, that was supposed to be out in fucking September and it was just sitting on a ship circling, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Okay. I've kept you longer than I said that I would. Um, all right, I just one. one more question. Okay, good. I was going to say I had one more question. Well, I actually have several, but um, you can ask me whatever you want. I'm having fun. I'm not on a schedule. Right. Okay. So my question is, and then actually I have two questions. Do you believe in ghosts? Absolutely. And they're all around me. They know that I know, and I've had ghosts around me my whole entire life. Spirit. Me too. I've had, I've even had really terrifying experiences with bad spirits that have tried to choke me to death in my I've had dreams where I've looked at a mirror and something's holding me up by my neck. Like I've had, um, no, uh, go ghosts know that I know. And yeah. I, I, I am a bit clairvoyant. I'm, I'm, a, I'm witchy. I'm, I'm very tapped into my instincts, but yes. Me too. I've had, yeah, I've had all sorts of weird experiences for a long time. It was always just with people that I knew that had passed. And then a little girl started showing up and I was like, don't like this. Don't like this at all. Scared the shit out of me. She would just stand what? at the foot of my bed. What? Maybe she needed you to convey a message. I think she did. My mom was like, I think that everybody else has told her to come and see you and that you'll pass on. Cause I had passed on messages for other people. And I was like, I don't know her. And mom's like, why don't you? Cause like I'd wake up in the middle of the night and it would look like there was a kid standing at the end of my bed. And my mom would say, why don't you ask her, what is your message for me? And I said, oh no, I'm too busy screaming and like, to, to remember you're to ask. Welcome to be here, but you're not welcome to, to, to scare me. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's been very, and then every time I've gone to like a medium for like, just like there was this like Southern, um, like Creole restaurant in Toronto when I lived there and you could go and get your, um, tarot cards read before dinner and stuff the woman was amazing and the first time though I sat down she said oh you have the third eye and I said what and she said oh, I can see it she said have you had lots of weird experiences and I said yep and she's like huh. anyway and then she continued on see something when you're doing that are you doing that in like a big room with other people or are you doing it in a in a room with just her it was just with her that's good. Cause you should never open yourself up like that. Like I see people doing that in like bars and stuff. And when you open yourself up like that and you're in a huge room with all that energy and spirits, that's not good. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I thought you were going to say this. And, and then also like the whole, you know, New Orleans thing. I love all the, there's so many spirits in New Orleans. Yeah. But they, they've been around me my, my whole entire life and yeah. my, out of the family and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. There's a lot of that. A I lot love of it all. Mm -hmm. I, I was hoping you were going to say that. Okay. Um, okay. Actually, my name, Ashley, it means to come from an ash grove and ash trees are the type of wood that witches make their wands with. What? The ash tree was thought to connect heaven and hell. And <gasps> The interim between both worlds. I actually have a tattoo of an ash blossom on my back. Do you? Nobody knows that. They do now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you just got you just got those ones on your um, forearm, right? Yeah, I got one. There's a diamond, 
that represents a lady who I've adopted to be my mother. Her name is Sandra. I call her Shrimp. Then I have my dad's signature that says, I love you. And then it says daddy's girl underneath it. And then on this arm, it's a ladybug for my friend Patrick who passed away and he comes to me as a ladybug. And then a camera uh, with an A for my friend Alex who passed away. This actually has her ashes in it. And then a quote from the the in one of my best friend's handwriting who I met through Alex that says love is stronger than death. Oh, that's amazing. I have a fuck ton of tattoos now, actually. Um, I I got my first one. It's my grandmother's name in her handwriting. It says Blanche. Isn't that wonderful? I love it so much. I just, I catch it out of my eye every now and then. And yeah. There. Yeah. And I purposely put it on my right hand because that's, I'm right-handed and I wanted all of the creative energy. And you know, I, since I've gotten it, I haven't had one block. I think it's Blanche doing her job. Same, same. It's yeah. so nice. Fuck yeah. it. Tattoo it all. Yeah. Well, after what I, so I did it and the guy was like, um, preparing me for it. And he's like, oh, so it might hurt a bit. And I said, dude, I did 29 hours of labor. This, I'm not worried. <laughs> so he did it, felt like nothing. And then, uh, he goes, how was that? And I said, let's do a whole sleeve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't hurt at all. No. Um, um, okay. Ash, ash blossom, ash blossom on your back. Oh, uh, Greg and I got married by a witch. Oh, how magnificent. We didn't mean to, but we, we, both of us grew up Catholic and neither of us wanted to get married in the Catholic church. Uh-huh. So we were just going to find like a justice of the peace or something. So we found this listing. And so you could get, they have all these people that they kind of put together so that you could get an old ship captain or just anybody that you know could marry you so we found this one lady we thought she looked really nice so we went and met with her she was a delight um she kind of looked like margaret atwood slash sarah mclaughlin lovely lady um and then we said oh so what got you into this blah blah, blah. and then she was like well i'm wiccan and we were like oh and we'd already decided and so she's like telling us all this stuff and we're like and we were getting married in the forest and i was like the planet yeah in nature yeah and we were getting married in the middle of a canadian forest on a river and i was like you're our lady yeah so now we always say um um if if greg's being an idiot which he often is i'll be like the witch did not warn me about this it was not in the vows (laughs) i have to read you this thing that i saw today that is um hold on just because you said that he was an idiot sometimes (laughs) a blue whale's vagina is oh, I just read this. And deep that five to six men can easily lay down in it. This means that she is the second largest pussy next to my boyfriend when he has a cold. <laughs> this is why I love the internet for that. <laughs> I just read that right before I logged on here because I was just I was like, I wonder what's in her stories today. And I laughed out loud because it is so true. I know. And then I, I posted a video of my fart garden. Did you see I that? I saw that. Is that, is that kale? Uh, cabbage, broccoli, and cauliflower. Oh, <laughs> your garden. That's the other thing is I can just, you are so grounded through all of your nature stuff too. Like your, your Luna moths and your, all your, your frogs and your garden. And it's amazing. I have right here, right next to me. And I know people can't see this. But if I, if I do this, maybe you can hear him. 
You see that little nest right yeah, on the- Oh, yeah, something's moving, yep. So- um, What's in there? Found a caterpillar about a month and a half ago. And I was like, oh my God, this is a Luna moth caterpillar and it's a rust color. It's literally ready to like spit its cocoon. So because it's fall and winter here, it, it will go into a stage of like, it'll wait until spring. Oh. So I, I went one day and I was, I was designing some stuff on my computer and I, I had it right here in this box next to me and I put leaves in it and I sat there and I listened to it and it started to pick up each leaf and I could hear him starting to weave his little cocoon and put himself in there. And I'm like, here I am, like thinking about my paintings and I've got this little Luna moth that I'm gonna hatch in the spring, like right here, right next to me. Let's see if I can make him. I tap on it and then he'll, whenever predators mess with this, like they, they start oh. to flip around inside. Okay. But anyway, I, I, I'm one of those people like, Growing up, I would have a little cage that had crickets in it, or I would catch right. lightning bugs at night, or, um, you know, that childlike wonderment is very important to keep as you, as you continue to, you know, as your body ages, you need to yeah. keep it. And, it's such a, and it, that is such a beautiful way to slow down too, because you got to wait till spring. You also you don't know? need any money to enjoy nature. Yeah. It's free. Yeah. Free. Well, we did it again. That was so nice. So nice to catch up with you. I really was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I kind of don't care. <laughs> I just wanted to catch up. We talked about pretty fucking good shit, I think. We did. Yeah, and now we often do. We know that you truly curse like a sailor when you're not on this thing, pretending to be an angel. You got married by a fucking witch. <laughs> <laughs> and it, down in your basement, you're nude at 3 a.m. making little clay cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very complex woman, Ashley. Very complex. So, I know it's so funny. Like, uh, people. Well, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. I don't. Uh, I don't let out of the box. That's why I have to go somewhere with you when we're in person. It's gonna be ridiculous. It's gonna be ridiculous, and I cannot I wait. I feel like we're getting closer to that actually happening. We might get arrested. Oh yeah. Well, I'll use my Canadian. Um, I'll just say sorry so many times with a Canadian accent. We'll get out of it. It'll be Me fine. too. I'm Southern. That's what we do. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> Southern slash Canadian charm. We'll be fine. We'll uh -huh. be fine. Yeah, we got this. Um, okay. Well, you go and do all of your writing and experimenting and all the stuff. Thank you for all you do for creative people. Thank you for being a connector. Thank you for being an artist. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for introducing me to so many incredible artisans that, you know, are a part of what I think will be my greatest life's work to assemble art that inspires me that I have lived with, that I can share with people when I'm six feet under. Thank you for all of that that you do. Oh my gosh. Speaking of which, I cannot believe I haven't told you this yet. I what? keep having this recurring dream, like seriously, like once a week, where I go to this factory that you now own. It's like Willy Wonka factory. Have I told you this? No. And it's your, your studio slash museum where all the stuff that you've collected is in one area, but then you have like a glitter room 
uh, jam room. Uh, yeah. And then there's like conveyor belts between each one and whatever. Really? And um, yeah, and then I come and visit you and like crazy stuff always happens and I'm always like, oh no. And um, it's very <laughs> exciting and unsettling and oh. wonderful. Oh, well, you know, I'm embarking on a new chapter in my career. And so maybe, maybe this, maybe this is a prophecy of sorts. Maybe it's pretty fantastic. And yeah, you're like the Willy Wonka of it, of this art factory. It's fantastic. I can't believe I I haven't told you that. Am I the age I am now or am I older? Yes. No, you're the age you are now. What's I'm wearing? Do I have on a Tomo? (laughs) Um... No, although kind of like you, you're always wearing like kind of a colorful kimono type, but like not, not the poofy ones, but like, like a silk colorful kimono. And then, oh, in the last one, you were like, we went to the spa area in the, yeah, in the factory. But um, we came out of there and I had like a face mask, you know, when you do those, those stories. So I had the face mask on but we'd run out of time for it to be washed off. So it was, the, my mask was still on, but you were perfect. And you're, you're you had a mani-pedi and I was like, I had like blue goo on my face and you were like, come on, we're going to the next thing. And I was like, all right. And I just followed you. And then I woke up. We were probably going to get our bushes glittered. <laughs> exactly. That's in the next room over. You got to hop on the conveyor belt for that one. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, and they're so clear, and I have them all the time. So there you go. I love. Maybe it's a message from the other side. Maybe, yeah. Danielle, clear <laughs> my bush. Yeah, there you go. You know what? I will too. No, I won't. I'm Canadian. My God. Okay. <laughs> you. Okay. You have an awesome day, and I will talk to you very, very soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Can you imagine visiting an Ashley Longshore factory? Seriously, it would be like Willy Wonka times a thousand. Thank you so much to Ashley for coming on the podcast yet again. I went in without a plan and came out inspired, a little bit embarrassed, and filled with capital J joy. Thank you so much for listening and for being here through yet another super weird year. I'll still be publishing my subscription newsletter, a.k.a. the No Such Thing as Too Much Art Society. So if you'd like to sign up for that, I would be thrilled. It's only $3 a month if you sign up for a year, or $5 a month if you go month by month. And while I'm on a roll here, might I suggest buying a membership for an art-loving friend or family member this holiday season? (laughs) Tons of art delivered fresh to their inbox every single day, no supply chain delays, and zero shipping charges. Win, win, win. You can find out more by visiting thejealouscurator.substack.com slash subscribe. That's thejealouscurator.substack.com slash subscribe. Okay, I'm done with the sales pitch. Have a wonderful holiday and I will be back at the beginning of January with a brand new episode of Art for Your Ear. See you then. (music) Thank you.